You are now listening to the Unshakable Health Podcast with Dr. Thomas Hemingway. All right. Oh, my goodness. Another day, another week. It is crazy. We are almost into October. Holy moly, where has the time gone? Oh, my goodness. We have already had snow (laughs) in the mountains of Utah. It's crazy. It's been almost a week since we had snow, and I'm looking out the window, and it hasn't melted yet. Like, you know what that means? It means it's been a little bit cold (laughs) over here. So I'm excited. I'm actually heading out to Florida to do some work here next week, and I'm going to thaw a little bit. I'm going to do some defrosting. <laughs> it's been a little little cold, but but thankfully we haven't lost all of the fall colors. Sometimes, you know, you get one of these early snows and boom, the next day all the leaves fall on the ground and then you never really get to see fall. And thankfully that hasn't happened. We're starting to see more and more of that color change. It's beautiful. I hope wherever you are in the world, you're enjoying this beautiful time of year and spending some time with those you love because remember, it's the vitamin C of connection that I think is really that secret sauce that not only makes each and every day more enjoyable, more beautiful, more amazing, but also could probably add a decade or so to your life. This is that secret sauce that's in all of those blue zones is that connection. And so I hope you're connecting. I hope you're sharing this podcast with those that you love and care about because that is how we get to share this phenomenal information that I share with you each and every week. This is no exception. This week, we have an amazing episode with a guest that we've never had on before who is so unique, so inspiring, so darn intelligent and experienced in this area. And it's a it's a topic we've never covered. So you're going to love it. It's amazing. She has got a book coming out this weekend. And so I wanted to drop this episode so you guys can hop on the excitement with another. She's already a best-selling author a couple of times, but for no doubts in my mind, this is going to be a big giant release with her book, which is entitled Slay the Bully. Slay the Bully. It's available for pre-order already today on Amazon, How to Negotiate with a Narcissist and Win. This is none other than Rebecca Zung Esquire. She is so cool. She is so smart. We had a fun little chat. We'll get into that in just a sec. But in, until then, I just wanted to thank you for being here, for being part of the show, for being one of those who has taken priority in your life to really dig deep and to get healthy, to live your best life and to not just simply survive from day to day, but to thrive. And so thank you. Thank you in advance for listening, for being a part of this movement. I wanted to actually share one of the reviews I got just last week over there on Amazon. And if you don't know, I have a best-selling title. In fact, you guys made it a number one bestseller in every category when it was released and you guys just crushed it. And so I thank you for that. Number one bestselling author right here. Yours truly, Dr. Thomas Hemingway. My book, Preventable, Five Powerful Practices to Avoid Disease and Build Unshakable Health is available today, even still. (laughs) I say that because many of you know it was dropped. It was gone. It was banished. It was nowhere to be found for a couple of weeks over there on Amazon. But it is back. And RJ dropped me this five-star review last week. He says, I've spent the last 35 years working in the field of pediatric medical nutrition and pharmaceuticals. It's refreshing to see Dr. Hemingway simplify the clinical research I have been following for many years. Preventable is a must read for everyone wanting to improve your health. Thank you. 
RJ. Thank you so much for that over there on Amazon. If you guys have gotten the book, and I know thousands of you have because I've seen the sales come in and I thank you, but please drop a review. We haven't hit that magic number yet of 50, which is when Amazon starts sharing the book with others so they can find it, discover it. And I really think that we got to do this. We got to get the word out. So if you haven't dropped a review over on Amazon, you just click the stars, hit the star farthest to the right, scroll all the way down. There's a little button that says write a review. You can write a review or you can just click the five stars, but I love to see what you've written. I read every single one. So thank you, RJ. Thank you for doing that. And if you've also dropped a review over there on Apple, I read all of those too. And if you do, I'm actually going to give away a copy of my book to some lucky winner next week. I'm going to be giving it away. So if you haven't dropped a review over there on Apple, Or if you have gotten the book, drop a review, please, over on Amazon, because it's what really moves the needle, and I thank you for that in advance. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being part of this movement, because it is one of those things that you will never regret. You will never regret really taking the time to optimize your health. I've never seen anybody do it. Nobody's ever regretted, oh my gosh, I got the best possible health doc. I can do everything I want. Never seen that happen. But I have seen the converse. A lot of people regretting not really prioritizing their health. And you guys know being a part of the movement, listening to the show is one of those ways you can keep it simple. You can optimize your health and your life and really just learn how to thrive and not just simply survive life. And if you want to go next level with me, there may be one or two spots left in our 60-day coaching. You can jump on over to that, check the link out in the show notes, or you can join me in my Thrive community. And the link will also be there if you want to up-level and even go to the next step and really taking this into your life each and every day, getting these practical tips, tricks, the wisdom, and just the simple solutions to how you can optimize your health. So thank you in advance for being a part of this. Let's get into this. No further ado, we're going to jump into this amazing episode with none other than Rebecca Zung Esquire. Let's do this. All right. So here we are today. We have an amazing podcast uh, guest. I'm super pumped for this episode, actually, because it is unlike any other that we have previously done. So I'll let you see why that is the case. But in a lot of ways, it's going to be unique. It's going to be singular. It's going to be amazing because we have none other than Rebecca Zung here, who's a good friend. And Brooke uh, introduced me to her, I don't know, a couple of years ago. I think she met uh, Rebecca at, I believe it was an event someplace, right? Yeah, somehow through Amberly. Yeah. I, I think it was at dinner. We went out to dinner oh, with Amberly. Cool. Yeah. Cool, like a, cool. Maybe a year and a half ago, two years ago, something like that. Yeah. Yes. And we've been we've been in touch ever since. We've done some work together. Yeah. We've uh we're 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 just excited to so finally fun. have her on the show. We got we got Rebecca Zung on the Unshakable Health Podcast, and she's got a lot of cool stuff to to really offer up from her experience, from her backstory, from all of her research that uh, was behind her new book, Slay, that I'll tell uh, you about in just a moment, Slay the Bully. And I'm just going to first give Rebecca a chance just to let our listeners and viewers get to know her a bit. Just tell us, Rebecca, a little bit about the backstory. How does somebody get involved in this very unique area of law about negotiation with narcissists, if you will? Where, where did you, how did you get there? Oh, I, I kind of kicking and screaming in a way. I, I I remember saying to my husband, Oh, I don't want to be the narcissist queen. Like I, this is so not what I want to do at all. But you know, I really feel like when God has a plan for you, like that's what your plan is. And that's that. But 
I think in some ways, I, I always said it was because I had a narcissistic business partner a few years ago, and that kind of opened my eyes, which is definitely the truth. And then I, I thought, well, let me go back because I did do uh, high net worth divorce litigation for many years, and I could say that it was because of that. But in some ways, I feel like it's been a confluence of events for my entire life because I was bullied as a kid. Uh, you know, I grew up in North Virginia and I was bullied as a kid for being Asian. And I, I think that, you know, it, it's uh, it's almost been my entire life has been preparing me for this time in my life. Because you, if you look at all the different events and how they all lined up for here and where I am right now in this moment, it's it's been preparing me for now. Yeah, no, that's beautiful. I I agree a hundred percent. What I like about you is that this was not necessarily the path of least resistance or the predictable outcome that you probably thought when you were going through law school and whatnot. I doubt that you had this in mind that you would be sort of specializing oh, no. in narcissist, you know, negotiation and having a book and no. mul multiple books, I should say. You're already a best-selling author, soon to be a third bestseller that's coming out shortly. And I would love to talk a little bit about uh, the neuroscience behind narcissism, because, you know, this is a health podcast. We love to get a little bit deep in the weeds. We love to talk about what's happening in the body. So maybe you could uh, back up a little bit and share with us some of what you've learned with respect to the brains of narcissists versus the sort of usual brain and, and just kind of the neuroscience behind it. That'd be cool. Yes. So a narcissist is, it's definitely nurture, not nature. There's no genetic predisposition for being a narcissist, from what I understand. You know, it's it's actually uh, as a result of trauma. And it is because what happens is that all of us, and I'm going to talk to you who knows way more about this than I do. So it, it, pardon my very simplistic terms as I, as I try to explain this. But when we as humans are presented with stressful situations, our body responds by emitting chemicals into the body, which are hormones and other chemicals such as adrenaline and cortisol and, and such things. Well, the same thing happens to children. And when this happens to them on a continuous, regular basis, it can actually cause damage in the limbic system part of the brain, that emotional center part of the brain. And so while the rest of their brain can continue to develop the, the prefrontal cortex and other parts of their brain, that limbic system part of the brain, that emotional center part of the brain actually is does not develop in the way that it should. And so what happens is as they become adults, and they are presented with situations that cause them to feel triggered, that cause them, and it doesn't, may not necessarily be rational or reasonable to everybody else. It's rational and reasonable to them, of course, but it might be an eye roll. It might be a tone of voice. It might be any kind of slight in some way. It's, there's a phenomenon called splitting and they immediately go from one to the next. And then that part of the brain is activated. And now they are, you know, uh, coming from that section of the brain. It's called narcissistic injury. 
And now you are interacting with, communicating with, negotiating with that part of their brain. And you're literally, they literally are not thinking clearly at that point. And now you, you know, many times it's narcissistic rage that you're dealing with. And, you know, but sometimes you know, you're dealing with a person who doesn't even remember sometimes the things that they've said or done during that period of time. This is where the gaslighting, things like that can occur. And and also, you're dealing with a person who doesn't think from the from the long term, you know, they're they're very impulsive, you know, they think from from emotion. And and so they will take themselves down to take you down. You know, it's it's about this, I must get you, I must, you know, manipulate you, I have to control you. Because this is a person who gets all of their feeling of value from external sources. They don't internally feel any sense of self-worth. So all of their feeling of self-worth comes from either their image, how they look to the world, which I call diamond level supply, which, you know, can be the prestige, the impressive friends, the money, whatever it is, or it can be what I call coal level supply, which is controlling you, manipulating you, making you feel small, competing with you, all of that. And so it's this constant battle to uh, fill this empty hole. Yeah. Well, that's what you're dealing with. Yeah, no, that's 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 a lot to to digest there. But I'm gonna just do my best to summarize a little bit what you just said, which I think is really interesting because typically um, becoming, as you say, over the years, a narcissist often starts as a kid with trauma, and it affects that sort of emotional area of your brain, if you will, the so-called limbic system, which involves structures like the amygdala, the hippocampus, and a lot of the emotional weight baggage insult that can happen at an early age and that which continues to happen can certainly play into this and into the development. And as you were saying, which I thought you highlighted so beautifully, it actually becomes sort of this circuit that almost is ongoing without necessarily the individual realizing it to a point they can kind of get into this mode and they just <laughs> they go off they're run by that it runs it runs away correct but but other people need to realize that too you're you're literally not dealing with rational yeah you're literally not dealing with reasonable at that point i mean it's almost like you have to think of it as uh, you know, when when you look at an autistic person, you don't expect them to interact with you in in the same way as you do a regular reasonable person, and and you kind of have to think about that with narcissism as well. I mean, their brains literally just don't function the same way as a person who's thinking from the rational part of their brain, where you sit down to negotiate and you go, okay, how can we get to an outcome here, you know, all of us want to think about how we can come to a reasonable conclusion. How can we get there? That is not who you're dealing with. 
Yeah, yeah, it's definitely uh, not the typical rational part of the brain that's acting in a lot of these cases. And let's maybe back up just for one second and have you describe or just define for us, if you will, um, just narcissist. Is there a good definition that's like something we can latch onto in case folks out there haven't really ever really heard a definition of narcissist? I think we kind of, most of us know what that is, but maybe you could just define that for us before we move on. Yes, and I don't, I think that it is best to actually use sort of a layperson's definition. And I, I, I kind of started to allude to it a little bit here, but I think that if you think of it in terms of a spectrum where narcissistic personality disorder, which is actually a legitimate personality disorder as defined by the DSM-5, that would be all the way to the end of the spectrum. And, you know, this is a person who literally has no sense of self-worth, no sense of self-value internally. So they have to get all of their sense of value from external sources. So they engage in things like, you know, shamelessness and no boundaries. And, and they, they have this sense of entitlement and all of the things that are in the DSM-5, right? But the truth of the matter is, it's a person who just has this big black hole inside of them that can never be filled. It's scarcity to the utmost extreme. And so, you know, you might want to fill it too, and then you're left feeling totally and utterly depleted, yet they're still starving. And 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 so it's it's this pain and shame that they carry. It's almost like as if you have a toothache, and when you have a toothache or, or some massive pain or a horrible stomachache or something like that, all you can think about is your own pain. You can't think about anybody else right at that moment, right? As, or if somebody comes along and smashes your thumb with a hammer <laughs> or something. All you can think about is that at that moment. You're not, you couldn't like go give empathy to somebody else in that moment. And that's why they don't have empathy because they're just, it's the deepest form of shame and pain. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. And um, I, I've heard you use, um, just going going forward a little bit on, on the narcissist and the different types, I've heard you use the terms overt uh, narcissist and covert narcissist. Maybe you could kind of dig into each of those and what, what does that really mean? How does that, how does that apply? So I always thought of a, I didn't know there were different types, the grandiose or, 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 or overt narcissist is the type that I, the only kind that I ever knew existed. <laughs> the Donald Trumps that, of the world, right? <laughs> exactly. I mean, I was going to say that, yeah. but it was pretty much exactly. Sure. <laughs> I mean, it's the person who fills the room, comes in, says, I'm great. I, I, I want the best table. Give me the biggest steak. How come I don't have the most special seat in the house? You know, <laughs> it, they, they, they demand things. They want entitlement. It's shamelessness. And it's out there in your face overtly the covert narcissist to me is much more stealth much more dangerous much more manipulative because that's the kind that everybody thinks is so nice so wonderful absolutely the humanitarians the they might be the 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 church preachers they might be the the nurse the doctor the the good person. Oh my gosh, everybody thinks they're wonderful. But then underlying the surface is this rage, this feeling of emptiness, this, this competitiveness, this passive aggressive person who is very adept at using 
techniques that are where there's a, a plausible deniability to the types of things that they do. So it's absolutely, I will help you with this project. And then they never do. And then you end up doing all the work and then they take half the credit <laughs> or they just inadvertently leave you off an email chain and then you didn't show up to the meeting. Oh my gosh, I, I, I really thought I had you on that email. I don't know what happened. <laughs> stealthy. They're kind of stealthy. <laughs> yeah. And then the way they smear people is much more, you know, they don't go around saying, hey, so-and-so is an alcoholic. You know, they're not like that. They'll be like, oh, Susie, just so concerned about Susie. She was so, she was drinking a lot worried about her you know and Susie probably has no problems with alcohol whatsoever <laughs> but it's they're mm. much stealthier about how they go about their um their their uh smear yeah yeah, no, that's super interesting. And I think as as you're, you know, speaking to each of these, I think all of us in our minds can kind of think of examples in our life of, of both of those things. And and neither one, the final goal or the outcome is something that's going to be good for us, right? In some way, shape, or form, it's going to affect us typically negatively if we're on the receiving end of whether it be a smear or somebody's grandiosity where they have to be the center of everything no matter what and nobody else can compete and they are always the best. <laughs> you know, If it's your partner in a firm or a colleague doctor of mine or even my my supervising doc or whatever when I was, uh, was coming up in my training, I definitely dealt with several <laughs> individuals. I, oh, I, I yes. hesitate well, to say which fields of medicine have more of them than others, but I think people can probably predict that. I think for whatever reason, all the surgical subspecialties tend to have more of these individuals than others, uh, the so-called God complex and, and others that you have seen and heard about, which I'm, I'm sorry to say still exist at present day. Oh, Absolutely. And when I was doing my research, there actually were some professions that did have a higher uh, incident of narcissism and doctors and <laughs> lawyers, I have to say, um, absolutely both had more, you know, but of course, you know, they're going to be attracted to professions where people are going to revere them, think of them as God, you know, that sort of thing. I'm sure celebrities have a much higher incident too. <laughs> Yeah, totally. So uh, what I love about is you've been using for years this acronym, and I'm, I'm a big believer in acronyms because, you know, I went to medical school, I had to memorize so many factual and non-factual things <laughs> over the years. And so I often develop acronyms, yeah. acronyms of my own. You've developed the one SLAY. In fact, that's the title of your book, SLAY the Bully. Tell, tell us what SLAY is and, and what, what, what does that mean? So SLAY actually stands for strategy, leverage, anticipate, and then the Y stands for you. And it is my method for how to actually negotiate with a narcissist. So uh, strategy is developing your super strong strategy, how to create a powerful vision, how to determine you know, where it is that you actually want to go. So many times when you're dealing with a person who is toxic, who is making you feel small, 
you just don't know where to start, where to go. You're not, you haven't created that vision. You haven't created that action plan. And so that helps people to actually formulate a plan for where they want to go. And honestly, this is something to do in any area of your life, you know, have a specific area a vision for your life. I mean, it's, it's sort of, law of attraction 101 right you know like where are you going what do you want to do or business planning 101 you, you know where are you going what's your gps and then <laughs> l is leverage leverage diamond level supply versus coal level supply which is uh, you know diamond level being their image how they look to the world coal level being manipulating you, controlling you, making you squirm. And, you know, there's this myth out there that narcissists just want to win that, or they just want money or things like that. That myth is totally false because going back to the conversation we had at the beginning of this um, podcast, which is that this lizard brain that they have in some ways, right? This toddler brain or whatever it is that they actually enjoy the process of making you squirm. They literally get off on that. And because of that, they actually don't ever want it to end. So they will continue to move goalposts. They will continue to, they, they'll change their own deal on, on you. And so the reason why you have to understand diamond level supply versus coal level supply is because you have to be able to go, Okay, how can I set up my leverage in a way that potentially threatens a source of supply that's more important for them to keep than the supply that they get from manipulating you, from making you squirm? And then, and then, you know, not actually do anything with that, it, like make them, make them feel that it's squeezed in some way, because that's how you're going to get where you want to go. So that's SNL. Um, All right, so we got but, the leverage, uh, uh, and then what's the A? So the A is anticipate. Anticipate what the narcissist is going to do and be two steps ahead of them. And oh, there's so much involved with this. I mean, I you know I teach people about body language. I teach people about you know that they're going to want to trigger you. They're going to want to make you. Um, you know, um, squirm, they're going to want to bait you, they're going to want to get you to be emotional. And they're going to say all the things that you, they know what your Achilles heel is. So, you know, they'll say things like, oh, you're a terrible father, or you're awful with money, or you're, you know, if it were you, you're a terrible doctor or something like that. I mean, even though you're an amazing doctor, because they know that that's the one thing that would just like irritate the crap out of you, <laughs> right? Uh, you know, and and so you you would be like, what? I have all of these things that I'm it, like, you want to start defending yourself, and then you start you I, like I always tell people, do not defend yourself, do not defend yourself, because that then you're now it's like they went fishing and they went reeling you in, you know they went. <laughs> oh, got a big one. <laughs> you know, I mean, so you do not defend yourself because that's exactly what they wanted to do. And so I give people so many different ideas in the book 
on how to be powerful in those circumstances. Yeah. And then Y stands for you. And it's it, it's your powerful mindset. A hundred percent of winning happens before you even walk into a room. You have to feel powerful. You have to have a, an offensive mindset. You have to know who you are authentically because that's really a narcissist's kryptonite, knowing yeah. who you are. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah. There's so much, there's so much there to unpack. And I know you spell it all out in your new book, Slay the Bully, How to Negotiate with the Narcissist and Win. And the part, uh, what I love too about this strategy, if you will, is just like you said a few minutes back, it's not just something that could be useful for negotiating with the narcissist. It's really a template that can be used for almost anything. I mean, you want to have a strong sense of you, right? You want to have that mission, that goal, that mindset. You want to walk into the room already knowing sort of visualizing the end point. You know, if you're presenting a major idea to your firm, to your business, to whomever, in your mind, they've already accepted it. And here's why. And you go in that room anticipating. You go in that room prepared. You go in that room with a strong self of uh, sense of self-worth and value. And you're exactly right. The narcissist has as their goal to bring all that down to nothing, right? They try to make you feel as small as possible. And so to not play into it, I think, or to retaliate, which is kind of the knee jerk, right? Which we often would want to do <laughs> might be a little hard. Oh, I yeah. mean, what, what's the, what's the initial approach or how do you help somebody to just kind of hold off on that? Just because they want to just backfire. Okay, they said this. Let's just let's send it right back. You know, you're, you're <laughs> you know, and it never ends. It never ends. How do you how do you get people to um, not you know want to do that? To not want to just do the back and forth. So I say respond, don't react, and then never explain, justify, or overshare. I say pretend mm. like you're reporting the news. Oh, I see that you're upset. <laughs> Oh, there you go. You have just done this, you know. And so if they sent you like this super long email or this super long text, you can just say, you know, and there's like maybe one thing you need to respond to, you know, like what time to meet on Wednesday or something like that. <laughs> you can just say, oh, I'm in receipt of your email. I deny everything and I'll see you at three o'clock on Wednesday. <laughs> I mean, less is more. Less, Honestly, less is more. That's so true. I, 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 there's, I, there's something I call the middle finger response. There was a lawyer that I had I, that, that I used to know in, in back in Florida when I was practicing. And it was great because back in the early days when I first started practicing before we used email for absolutely everything, we actually used to use stationery and we'd have, you know, our secretaries like write our letters on stationery and send them out. And so he used to, when lawyers would have write these long letters like that, you know, he used to write these responses, dear attorney so-and-so, no, very truly yours. <laughs> and then sign his name. I was so powerful. <laughs> That's it? <laughs> no? <laughs> yeah. No, period. Oh, very truly yours. Oh my goodness. <laughs> And I was like, sort of like, F you. That's amazing. That's amazing. Less is more. I love that. Less is more. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And don't give them too much, right? You said don't over, I forget the, the term you use, but. Never explain, justify, or overshare. There you go. Don't overshare. You know, you're being pulled in. 
Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And that just empowers them even more, right? They'd love to push your proverbial buttons, right? That's, that's what gets them off. I mean, literally don't let them push your buttons. You just say no, (laughs) sincerely yours. Just say no. I would say there was an old commercial back in the day. Uh, you know, I totally show my age here, but when I was a kid, it was the thing that said something like, never let them see you sweat or something like that. And it was like, a remember that commercial? Some, like, some uh, that? speed stick or some kind of deodorant. Yes, right? yes, yeah. It, yeah, yeah, some kind of, um, see, you remember too. Yeah, yeah. It was like a, a deodorant commercial, right? Yeah. I saw, so you'll never let them see you sweat. You know, you can vomit in, in, in the shower or whatever, scream in your pillow, but do not let them see <laughs> in front of them. You have to be calm as a, a a cucumber or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Call, Hi, cool how yeah. Okay, absolutely. <laughs> of course. Um, that's amazing. No, simple. Keep it simple. Uh, don't overreact. Don't overshare. Don't explain, justify. Just, uh, oh my goodness. That, those are just pearls of wisdom for life. <laughs> but, exactly. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, I was, uh, I wanted to get into a little bit like this, I know when you're in the midst of, say, a relationship such as that, where there's someone um, that is this, you know, narcissist that it's affecting you. It's really affecting a lot about you, your emotions, and it's making you feel small, and you just feel a little bit in the overwhelm. Maybe you can't even respond anything to any emails because you're just in this sense of overwhelm. How, where do you start? Where do you start? Yeah, I've been there, honestly. And and that's why I talk about this because, you know, I, and it, it all happened to me, you know, after I had had a big law practice and had all the accolades and all that. I had been with a narcissistic business partner and it made me feel small again. I, I it brought back feelings of when I had been bullied as a kid and traumatized. And I would just say that I have this three-step process called, you know, step one, don't run. Step two, make a U-turn. Step three, break free. And basically, you know, I, I just tell people step one is don't run. Stop retreating. Make that first step, which is just creating that boundary, creating that boundary of whatever that first boundary is for you. But, you know, stopping that conditioning. They started conditioning you from the beginning in some way. That's how they glommed onto you in the first place. They glom onto you for a source of supply. So how can you first create some sort of a boundary that is going to get you starting to feel more empowered, whatever that is for you? So I always tell people that if if you're looking for that first step, a really good first step is just starting to look at them as like a toddler having a tantrum on the floor, starting to look at them as if they are a third party, starting to observe them as if you are reporting the news. And you can even start practicing phrases, which I do have in my book, by the way, which is slay the bully, which people can check out at slaythebully.com. But you can start to say things like, I can see that you're upset. I can see that you're angry, which starts to make you take you out of it. 
so that you're not taking it personally. It's almost like you're you're putting this transparent bubble around you. You know, I tell I tell people to just put this transparent bubble around you of protection. And then you just kind of with the Superman bullets going off your chest or the Wonder Woman, <laughs> you know, bracelets or whatever, all their negativity just bounces off of you. It's just, it ain't coming here. It doesn't penetrate the shield. I can see that you're upset. We can discuss this later when you can be respectful to me, when you've calmed down or whatever it is that you need to say, but, you know, just start to leave it over there. You know, your triggers are not my responsibility. If you're upset, that is not my problem. You know, people's own triggers, as much as they might say to you, you make me angry or you're, <laughs> you do this to me or whatever, people's triggers are their own responsibility. It is up to them to manage them, themselves, not you. That's not your responsibility. Their trauma is their responsibility, just like your trauma is your own responsibility. And so as much as they try to hang everything on you, that's not your thing to, to, to take on. And so stopping the process of taking on the guilt, stopping the process of taking on that shame, and then also absolving yourself from it. And going, oh, how did I, how did I not know this before this? Or how did I get roped into this? Or how did I get duped by this person? Get over all of that. You know, I mean, they are very charming, charismatic, whatever it is. Just you're here. Wherever you are is the jumping off point. Go easy on yourself. Get a support system in place. Get a team of people around you you know, get what you need to start self-care. And 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 those are some really good boundaries to start with. You know, I, I have a lot of phrases in the book that you can start to use. I think those are really helpful to get going with as well. Yeah, let's let's summarize that. You said step one, don't run. And then uh, the U-turn part, you know, you create the boundary step, and all step that. Step two, I, I try to make them rhyme okay. a little bit. Okay. Step one, don't run. Step two, make a U-turn. And then step three, break free. So you're break basically okay. completely course correcting, completely turning it around. And, and it's hard. That's why, you know, I say it's baby steps. So at that step one level, that's when you're just building your strategy. That's when you're just creating your vision. That's when you're just kind of planning. It's the scary step, you know. Uh, if, and but you know you don't you don't build courage from from doing the things that are safe. You build courage from facing the fear and seeing that you you were able to do it and 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 you built that muscle and you did a little bit more and then you built that muscle and you did a little bit more and and so just baby steps and yeah you know it's scary because you're afraid that they're going to go crazy or they're going to do this or that or whatever it's okay a little at a time and then you breathe and you go okay i made it through that it worked right and so and you can you can do that yeah, no, definitely it's possible and you are a bright shining light, an example of that. You've been through a lot of different things throughout your life and you're very articulate in describing the tools that, that actually can be really, really simple 
to get people through. And that I, I appreciated uh, you mentioned a few minutes ago that you don't have to do this alone. You don't have to do this alone. There is support for you out there. You lead some amazing groups that are free. You have an amazing, super yes. uber powerful and successful YouTube channel that people can access. There's so many places to get more um, and to, to learn more and do more and not to be alone because being alone kind of sucks. In fact, I'm going to share one thing that that not, uh, I feel like is underutilized, underestimated. And that is what I call vitamin C, but it's C for connection. And if you connect with people and you work together, you have, like you mentioned, a team to help you. You don't have to do this alone. Not only are your chances of success much higher, but the chances that you will stick with something and that you can break free, like you're saying, to truly break free, to break the cycle, to be able to move forward in your life. And so um, tell us, we're, we're getting close to time here. Tell us a little bit more about uh, what uh, ways people can follow you, join you, access your resources, and then any other parting thoughts and pearls of wisdom on how to slay the narcissist. Yes, absolutely. So I would love for people to join me on my launch which is slaythebullylaunch.com and join me on my uh, my book launch there. And then if they want to get a copy of the book ahead of time, they can go to slaythebully.com. If they're going to be in LA on October 1st, so the launch is on uh, September 30th at 9 a.m. And if they're going to be in LA on October 1st at 2 p.m., we'll be at the Grove in uh, Barnes & Noble there. It's at 2 p.m. So come by and see see me. I, I'll be signing books there. So that'll be super fun. And so, you know, come join us. Join the revolution. We are rising up against narcissists. We've got a huge community of people who are supporting each other, loving on each other, helping each other. It's absolutely incredible. You know, I've, I'm training coaches now in my method. And, you know, we're just getting ready to graduate the first round of coaches, which is so exciting. And it's it's absolutely been the, the best shining star of my life because, you know, I've literally sold thousands and thousands and thousands of my slave programs. I've got 40 million views on YouTube in the last um, three years. So... I know that this method works. It's it's not, you know, is it maybe, is it kind of fly by night or whatever? It's absolutely proven. It definitely does work. And so for people who are trying to deal with a narcissist and they're not sure what to do, you know, this this is something that I'm so grateful and honored to be helping people with, truly. Awesome. Awesome. So this uh, weekend, which will be Saturday, the 30th is the virtual launch. And then again, on the first is the actual in person. If you're in LA, go over to Garden Grove there to the uh, Barnes and Noble to, uh, to the Grove and uh, check out the live launch party. Rebecca will be there signing books. And so that I'm bummed that I can't be there. <laughs> My wife's going to be in I Europe know. and I'm going to be home with the six kids. So I'm going to miss out, but I'll join you on Saturday, the this 30th, the virtual launch for, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> and I'm so excited. I'm so excited for you for this. Um, oh, for the, it's just, you know, you've done a couple of best selling books already, but I think this one is just such a passionate, you know, work that you've put so much into and just really summarizes 
these tools that you've been sharing that have been proven and are effective and ah, it's changing the world. So thank you, uh, Rebecca. Share with us any parting thoughts, uh, any, any uh, you know, sort of tools or pearls that, that you just really want us to hear before, uh, before we go today. Any parting wisdom? Yes. Yeah, so the, the parting wisdom I love to give is that people will think what you tell them to think. <laughs> and you and you alone define your value. I will tell a very, very short, quick story. I was a lawyer for about eight years, and then I was a financial advisor for Morgan Stanley for a couple of years. And then I went back to being a lawyer because I was starting a law practice. And I was so nervous that people were going to think that I was a complete flake. This was, of course, several years ago now. But I had hired a business coach and I just remember lamenting to her because I was in Naples, Florida, which is a very affluent community and a very kind of not judgy town, but, you know, everybody kind of knows each other there. And I said, oh, I'm so worried. Everybody's going to think I'm such a flake, you know, lawyer, financial planner, lawyer. And she said, people will think what you tell them to think. She said, you can tell them to think that you are a flake. Or you can tell them to think that you are the only lawyer that has a financial background. So therefore, you're actually more qualified than any other family law attorney in town. Which story would you like to tell? <laughs> and I was like, oh, maybe I'll tell that story. <laughs> and so that's what I did. And I stood in that power. And within two years, I was representing all the top people in town, billionaires, celebrities. I had one of the most thriving practices. All the types of people who were hiring me were very clearly not going to be hiring a flake. But had I been apologetic and was like, oh, I'm sorry that I had this background and, you know, apologized for it. That's what people would have seen. So... People will think what you tell them to think. You and you alone define your value. No one's going to define it for you. And this is in any area of life. And it, that includes narcissists. I love it. So. <laughs> that's awesome. Ah, oh, that's so important because we get to decide. We literally get to decide. And it's it's up to us. I, I love that. And it not only works in this, but it works in your health. It works in the way that you look at, you know, the the proverbial glass that's in front of you. Is it, uh, is it happy and full? Is it uh, half empty? Whatever that is, you get to decide that. It, and that's what I love about your approach, Rebecca, is you're always empowering people. You're empowering them with the tools. You're not a victim here. You do have power. You are powerful. And if you can get that message out there, you'll be in a greater and better place and you'll be able to go forward in the world and in your life and with your mission. So thank you so much, Rebecca, for being a part of the show today. Appreciate you so thank much. You. I hope everybody's going to grab your book, Slay. Oh, I, I'm going to join you for that virtual launch party. I can't be in oh, LA, but I'm so you. excited. Uh, it's, it's amazing. You're doing such great work. Appreciate you. And thanks for coming on. Look forward to seeing you soon. Thank you. I'm so grateful for both you and Brooke. You are both absolutely the best people on the planet, truly. Oh, thanks for that. Well, big aloha. And until next time, mahalo, yeah. nui loa. 
Oh, oh my goodness. Lots of pearls, lots of wisdom, lots of truth bombs. That was amazing. Thank you, Rebecca, for coming on to the show. It was so fun to chat. We've been friends now for, I don't know, a couple of years. My wife and I met her through a mutual friend, Amber Lee Lago. If you guys don't know Amber Lee, you got to follow her too. Make sure you pick up Rebecca's book this weekend. It is out this weekend on Saturday. There's a virtual launch. You got to be a part of that. It's going to be a lot of cool, cool stuff going on, giveaways. And if you're around next week in LA, she's going to have the official launch there. Ah, so much fun. And you guys uh, first heard it here. And so thank you. Thank you for supporting her. Follow her over on Instagram, Rebecca Zung. Make sure you check her out online, Rebecca Zung. Check out the book. As you know, it is entitled Slay the Bully, How to Negotiate with a Narcissist and Win. So make sure you're following her, Rebecca Zung, and you are grabbing her book because it will move the needle. It will help so many people, and you're going to find so many useful pearls because whether or not you have a narcissist in your life, these tools are useful for just being able to express yourself, to not get trampled on, to be able to... Really, I mean, I, I felt like even helps with the kids. If you got kids like I do, especially in the teenage years, like you got to be able to discuss things with them and, and be able to have some of these tools in your life. I found it super useful, and so I think you will too. So until next time, aloha.